listening to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Um, I do want to uh, remind you of a few things this morning. Everybody say December the 5th. Say December the 5th. Christmas offering. I've said this every week, I'll say it again, just to ask the Lord what he would have you give and give that. Don't give any more or any less than he asks you to give. Just ask him what he wants you to give and give that. Um, that's an important, I think it's cool that we came off of, I said this when we were taking up offering, the biggest giving month or one of the biggest giving months in the history of our church. And now we get to talk about money for a month, right? It's usually, it's usually the opposite way around. It's like uh, pastors pressure their people into giving and then they give. Uh, but we don't pressure you into giving here anyway. We do believe that there are some keys uh, as it comes to giving and as it pertains to giving that you can unlock and, and hold in your life. And we just want you to ask the Lord um, to what he would have you give, and we want you to give that. We don't want you to give out of compulsion. I don't want you to give out of pressure. I want you to give out of obedience, right? I don't want you to give out of compulsion, pressure. I want you to give out of obedience. Um, so today, they are right. I am starting a brand new sermon series called Jesus and Money. Throw that up there. No, wrong one. Jesus and Money. Um, so I am starting a brand new series called Jesus and Money. Uh, the title of this message is Why Do We Give? Um, I believe there are tons of people in the world, Jesus and Money. She's up there. There we go. Um, so I believe that there are tons of people in the body of Christ specifically that give and don't know why, or don't give and don't know why they should give. Um, I believe that there are, this is just the groundwork for where we're going. I believe that um, specifically that leaders, pastors, um, people in the church at large over the course of history have had a terrible relationship with money and they've projected that onto church people. And their terrible relationship with money has given money a bad rap in church. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you. Here's how I know that church people have a bad relationship with money. You want me to give you a stat that will hopefully make you a little bit uneasy. 1.7% of Christians in America tithe. 1.7. That's how I know that God doesn't need our money. That's how I know that God doesn't need our money. And that's how I know that giving is more about you than it is God. Because his kingdom is advanced whether you give or not. Giving is more about you than it is God. Giving makes you like God. Right? Because God is a giver and he invented giving. Um, but I just want to talk to you a little bit about what Jesus has to say about giving. What the Bible has to say about giving what the Bible has to say about money, because I believe it's important to note this. We as a church at Hope Unlimited Church, we value the Bible. We value the Word of God to us. We value it. It infallibly does exactly what it's supposed to do. It reveals the person of Jesus. And I find it alarming 
that most Christians, if I ask you what Jesus talked about the most, your answer would not be money. It would be probably, well, he talked about love or the kingdom of God or heaven. Or, he actually talked about money twice as much as he talked about any of that. He talked about money four times more than he talked about prayer. He talked about money five times more than he talked about faith. He talked about money more than anything else that he talked about because he knew this. Matthew chapter 6 says this, where your treasure is, there your heart is. You need to understand this. God is not after your money. He is after your heart. And so when God is not... Do you think that God needs your money? He's God. The Bible says that his, the Bible says that his streets are painted with, with gold. Are they on a budget up there or something? Running out of asphalt up there? They literally have... The Bible says this. The Bible says that the gates are with pearls are built with pearls. And they're taller than you can see and tall and longer than you can see. So they ain't on a budget up there. He's got everything that he needs. So when Jesus talked about money, you should know this. When you read Jesus, when you open up the Gospels and you flip to any page and you go to any one of Jesus' sermons, there is a 42% chance that you were going to read a sermon about money. The reason why we can't talk about money in church is because we don't have a healthy relationship with money. Because we really don't have a healthy relationship with God. Because if we did, we value what Jesus talks about. When I see words in red, my ears perk up. And 42% of the time that you're reading in red, it's about money or possessions. The reason why I want people to have a healthy relationship with money is, I don't know if you just heard this, we haven't talked about money, I don't know, for a year now as a whole. I went back and looked at all the sermons. We haven't talked about money for about a year now, and we just received one of the biggest uh, months offerings as we've ever received. Generosity is a part of our culture. The reason why generosity is a part of our culture here is because I believe that you have a great relationship with God. But I do believe that even people with a great relationship with God can have misconceptions about money. I don't think that money is directly tied to you being saved. Right? Don't, don't hear me wrong. I don't think money is... I don't think that you should be giving if you can't eat. Right? Um, I believe actually the responsibility of the church is to take care of you. But we can't because only 1.7 Christians give tithe. Um, it, and if we could, we would actually buy you a house, a car, and all of the things that you need. Right? You actually... You know this. I was thinking about this week. You know if every Christian in America just tithe, if 100% of Christians gave 10% of their income, we could pay off the U.S. government's debt. <laughs> you know how much debt we're in? Like, it's like 26 trillion, baby. They can't come get you if you're $26 trillion in debt. Do you not realize that? Like, what are they going to do? 
right? You're in debt as far as you can get in. I do believe it's the responsibility of the church, so this is, I'm going to get into this in a second. I do believe it's the responsibility of the church to take care of the people here and take care of the world around us. And the way that we do that is with money. You know, like I have a, I have a friend who uh, worked on staff at a church, their pastor went and met with some big businessmen one time. And he's, he cast this vision. He's like, I have a vision for this type of facility in every place that we have a campus. And they have like 20 campuses. And he said, okay, so what would it take for you to put one in, in the city that I live in? And, they were, and he just said, money, businessman, got his wallet out, wrote a check, slid it across the table. They built the, the facility that they needed. That, people, that facility feeds homeless people every week. It provides them a place to sleep every week. Uh, they have paid off. I, I follow a church that have, they, they buy people cars when they can't go to work. So when you say, Cole, what's your motivation for money and why are you preaching a, a whole series on money? It's that. I don't know if you've ever been downtown before, but it's that. I don't know if you've ever heard someone talking about not having enough before, but the Bible says this, the storehouse if, if you bring your whole tithe to the church, there will be more than enough. This is what it says, that it will overflow. It's not overflowing for us to have all this cool stuff. It's overflowing to heal hurting people. Right? The, the church is not about accumulation. And I'm going to show you about all this in a minute. This is just off the dome, not even in the notes. This one's for you, Jordan. Jordan says this is his favorite time that I preach. It's just off the dome. But I've been... I've actually had a, I actually have a burden in my heart and have for, you can ask my wife for years now, when I hear Christians say I have a bad relationship with money, it burdens me because I believe if you manage money God's way, I believe it works out for you 100% of the time. I believe if you do it your way, probably ain't going to work out so good. It's like marriage, Right? If you do it God's way, it works. Both parties participating. When you manage money correctly, like God tells you to, it works. I promise you. I've seen it in my own life. I'm going to jump in this morning, and I want to read a couple passages of Scripture to you this morning. Um, I am actually out of a different version. I'm actually out of the NLT this morning, the New Living Translation. For all of you scholars out there, you can submit that on a theological research paper, so don't come at me. Um, so, And you online, too. Um, but I want to read two passages of Scripture. The first Scripture that I want to read is Matthew 23, 23. I want to break some misconceptions about, well, tithing and giving is not really in the New Testament. Let me show you real quick. It says this. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. It says this. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and Pharisees? Hypocrites. Listen to this. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe. This is Jesus. You should tithe. But do not neglect the more important things. I want to read this other passage to you real quick. You're familiar with this. We actually declare a passage of this over our finances every single Sunday. It's Malachi chapter 3. Let me read this to you. 
This is out of the NLT. It says, should people cheat God? Well, I don't like that language. My Bible says, should people rob God? (laughs) Should people rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you ask, what do you mean? How did we rob God? It says this, you have robbed me of tithes and offerings. You're under a curse for your whole nation has been robbing me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be more than enough food in my temple. Remember that more than enough thing I was telling you about a minute ago? It's not just more than enough so we just have stuff left over. Right? This, we aren't like a fast food organization that throws hundreds of dollars worth of food away. Right? right? It says this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be more than enough food in my temple. If you do, I love this language, says the Lord of heaven's armies. There's another translation that says this. It says, says the God of war. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. You won't have... you. You will have so much, you have to give it away. Try it. This is what, this is God's word. Put me to the test. God says you can test him in your giving. You can test him. Don't know that I would be doing that unless he told me to. It's like, you're probably not going to win. Or you're probably, he's probably going to pass the test. And then you're going to be upset. This is what it says. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. For I will guard them from insects and disease. One translation says, pest. Or the devourer. Your grapes will not fall far from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Listen to this part. This is what I really want you to get. Then all nations will call you blessed. For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The first reason why we give, if you're taking notes this morning, the first reason why we give Super simple. Jesus says I should. Matthew 23. Jesus said I should give. Now I want to point out something very important to you here. You can give in tithe with a wrong motive. You can give in tithe with a wrong perspective. You can give, because he rebukes the Pharisees. He says, you're still tithing. And you're still giving, but you forgot justice, mercy, and faith. Why was he saying this? He wasn't saying this because they were just like, well, I just forgot about it. He was saying because they were still giving out of a place of duty. He was like, you have forgot the mercy that I granted to you. You have forgot about my justice when I came and gave you what you didn't deserve. Wow. Wow. See, the world says this, you just get what you deserve. 
The kingdom says this, you get what you don't deserve. Because, because you deserve death. Jesus gives you life. And he rebukes the Pharisees. He says, you're still tithing, but you're doing it out of the wrong motive. Yes, you should tithe, but don't forget that I came to give you life. I came to give you faith. I came so that you didn't have to face the punishment that you were going to face. Do you know that you can give out of a place of just religious duty? And not out of a place of thanks to God that he saved my life. Do you know why it's not hard for me to give? Because he gave everything. The person I follow doesn't ask me to do anything that he's not willing to do. He actually goes to the highest extreme. And he says, I gave you everything and I'm just asking for a little bit. Because the purpose of giving is not because God needs your money. The purpose of following Jesus altogether is to transform you into the image of God. And you can't project an image of God unless you're a giver. And we say, well, the church just, they want your money. Listen, I promise you, if we have more than enough, it will not benefit us. We will take care of what we need to take care of here, but I'm looking to pay off people's debt. I'm looking to heal people with money. I'm looking to write people checks for student loans that, that are garbage anyway. I'm looking, I, am looking to, I am looking to pay off debt. I am looking to go to the single mom that doesn't have a way to work and buy her a car. Right? The purpose of giving is so that we can heal people who are hurting. And Jesus says, you have forgotten these things that I brought you, and you're just giving out of duty. He was reminding them, if you would just remember why you give in the first place, this wouldn't feel like a task to you. He rebukes them for having a hardened heart towards giving because God's plan always was to have more than enough so that they could heal people around them. That is God's intention, first and foremost, for your money. That's why Jesus says, you should give and you should tithe. Number two this morning, I want to go to the the second passage of Scripture that I read. And this is going to be a different perspective on this, maybe, than I've heard, maybe than you've heard. Um... The Bible says this. It says the, se- the second reason why you should give is because the windows of heaven are opened to you. This is what this means. When you communicate to God that what you have, you hold with an open hand, He can get anything to you. This is not so that Hope Unlimited can buy a jet for me to fly in from Oak Ridge to Knoxville every morning. Right. This is not for our staff to get a raise. This is not for, even though we'll take one, right? This is not for us to accumulate all of this stuff. An open heaven 
is when someone holds something with an open hand. An open heaven is over people who hold their finances with an open hand because this this is the truth in this. If God knows that he can get something through you, he will get it to you. If God knows that he can get something through you, he will get it to you. Have you ever noticed, do you know that the wealthiest people I know are also the biggest givers that I know? Yeah. I know people who aren't even Christians who work the principle of sowing and reaping. You know, the Bible doesn't say whatever a Christian does, whatever a Christian sows, he reaps. The Bible says whatever a man sows, he reaps. Because it's a kingdom principle. Do you know that most of the largest businesses in the world give away more money than you you would ever believe? I actually know of a pastor who planted a church in the middle of um, like Facebook, Amazon, Google, all of those big companies. Well, they do something super cool. Any amount of money that you give to a nonprofit, they match it dollar for dollar. Because they believe in the power of giving. They believe in the power of sowing and reaping. And while you may have a problem with some of those companies, they give. Some of them ain't even Christian. This is, do you know that giving started with God? It didn't start with Amazon, Google, Facebook, those people. Giving started with God. And, it, and, and here's the reality. Imagine if some of those corporate CEOs were just to get saved. Do you know the Bible talks about there is a gift of giving? There is a gift of giving. It's that guy that I was talking to you about a minute ago that saw that there was a need in a city. There's a lot of homeless people. They go without food. They go without shelter. And he writes a check for it. That's a gift of giving. Right? And I just think about these people who are already giving. If they just had a revelation to why they even have this compassion in their heart in the first place. What if they became the next finance pastor at a church somewhere? The next CFO at a church somewhere? So when I see people who have a lot of money, I don't automatically view them as wicked. I don't view them as wicked. Now, they could take what they would consider rich and they can turn it into biblical wealth because the purpose is not for you to get rich. The purpose is that you're so wealthy that nobody around you goes without anything. And then your kids on top of that, and I'm going to talk about that later on, God wants to give you more than enough money The windows of heaven are opened over your life so that God can give you more than enough money so that you are taken care of, your family's taken care of, and everybody around you is taken care of. You know the Bible has nothing good to say about crippling debt. Nothing. I'm not talking about your mortgage payment, right? I'm talking about the credit card that's at a 26%. I'm talking about student loans that are at 20%. I'm talking about crippling debt that you can't ever pay off. The Bible has nothing good to say about the people who impose that onto people or the people who get in it. Right? The Bible 
actually, there was, a, there was a rule in the Bible in the Old Testament, and I'm going to get into this at some point, where every seven years, debts were forgiven. Anybody want to go back to that? <laughs> we need to go back to that. <laughs> every seven years, the debts are just forgiven. The Bible actually says this. It says, if a man comes to you at year six and a half of seven and ask you for a loan because he knows that he won't have to pay it back, he says, if you withhold money from him, you're wicked. That's right, Demi. Demi gave me an amen. Is that Demi? No, it's Luna. Luna gave me an amen. Sorry. The Bible instructs us not just to take care of ourselves. It instructs us to take care of everyone around us. That's why the windows of heaven are open over your life. It's not so that you can get just filthy rich. It's so that nobody around you goes without a need. I actually had somebody one time, we, me and Anna were discussing something about giving once. We talk about that a lot. We were discussing something about giving once, and I, there was a need. In, we were a part of a church. There was a need that was needing to be met. And I said, man, we, we just need to do it. And the, obviously the question in both of our hearts is, well, it would be nice if we could put this towards this. And we both came to this conclusion we don't even need that. We don't even need what we're trying to put this towards. We'll be fine forever if we never have that. And so we gave out of a place of reflecting on how content we are with what God has already blessed us with. And if they had what we had, we wouldn't be selfish thinking about, well, we could put it towards that. They would be overflowed. They would be, they would be overflowing with joy that they just had the things that we had. And so my responsibility was, well, if I have it, I need to meet that need. Because I'm not going to spend my life getting rich while people are around me starving to death. Right? The windows of heaven are going to be opened over my life because I obey the word of God, but it's not for me to get rich. It's for me to heal hurting people around me. Yes. If, the, if the windows of heaven are opened over me, then if you are with me, they're opened over you. Yes. Yes. Come, yeah. on. Come on. Because I have an open heaven, Right? I actually think the Bible wants Christians to be more wealthy than anybody in the world. It actually says that. It actually says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Because the purpose of money is not to get rich. It is to heal hurting people around you. You know, you take a test every time you get paid. And it's a two-way test. You take a test, and then God takes a test. He tests you to see if you're holding what you have with an open hand or a closed hand. If you pass that test, the Bible says this. 
He'll rebuke the devourer. He'll open the windows of heaven, open your life, over your life. God takes a test when you give. God takes a test when you give. It's amazing to me. God doesn't say test me any other time in Scripture like this. Not like this in this context. He's literally saying, see if I won't do it. Like he's literally the dad who has more money than everybody that someone makes mad. And he says, if you just give, see if I won't do it. See if I won't do it. The reason why we give, number two, windows of heaven are opened over you for the people around you. Number three, I think this is funny because in my Bible, I'm going to have to tell you something real quick that caught me so off guard this week while I was reading. Number three, the devourer is rebuked over your finances. When I was reading this in my Bible, you know how like the Bible will have those little numbers and then you can go down to the bottom? And I was reading and it said the devourer is rebuked and there was a little number out there and it says probably what this means is it means pest. And I was like, can I get more than a probably? Like I've got to preach Sunday, ESV. You know, I've got to preach. I need more than a probably. But I actually went and looked it up and it does mean that. And for years we have thought that the, that the devourer over our finances was Satan. It's not. It's you. Because there's a bit of selfishness in you that God deals with when you give. When you withhold money from God, the devourer has overtaken your heart. When you give money to God, God rebukes that in you. Do you know the number one way to deal with selfishness? Start giving. Start giving. It will deal with selfishness in you more than anything else will. It will deal with the heart issue. You know money's about the heart, right? It has nothing to do with money. God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. Any selfishness in you can be dealt with with giving. I wrote this down. Don't rob yourself from the gift of giving. And when I mean the gift of giving, I don't mean that you get back. I mean you just give it away. Giving to get back is not giving. You realize that, right? That's not giving. Now, I know people in churches for years, they've wrote big checks, and they've wanted to have control. That's not giving either. That's not tithing either. That is people with money who also operate in the spirit of Jezebel who need control. 
right? So when people, when the first thing that people need to tell you is how much they give or how much they gave, run for your life. Run for your life. They will try to manipulate you, your family, wherever you're at. They will try their best. And just because they they have money doesn't mean they're richer than God. When people talk to me about money, unless it's in a healthy way, people can come up to me and say, we need to give this away. That's fine. But don't come to me and say, I gave this much. Because I don't care. I, do you know? God is my father. He is richer than you. If I need something, I'll go pray. And if he doesn't give it to me, then I didn't need it. It's super simple. I, I don't, one of the, like, I had someone talk negatively towards me one time about money. And I was just like, yeah. And my dad's way richer than yours. Because you serve a spirit of mammon. And I serve God. I'll get on that some other time. We'll leave that alone for today. I've actually seen more breakthrough in my life financially when I stopped comparing what I have to everybody else's. You need kingdom people to write you checks. You also need to be content and thankful for what you have. The devourer is rebuked by giving and godly contentment. I've, I've seen this in my own life. Listen, if you're worried about money all the time, that's not healthy. Let me, let, me, let me say this. That is not healthy. If you have anxiety about money all the time, that's not healthy. You are not in a good spot. In fact, if you do have anxiety about money, if you're worried about money all the time, I would love for you to talk with some older people in our church that handle money really well and have lived their lives with godly contentment and give like you wouldn't believe, I would love for you just to talk to them. I'd love for you to have a conversation with them, for them to help you. Because literally, like, you, you can ask Anna, it can attest to this. I like nice things. Don't get me wrong. I am the spender between us. Let me... Let me I don't know how to over, if I can overemphasize that enough. I am the spender. We would not have a home if it was, if it, if, if, if it were, if it were just me, I'd be giving everything away, but then I'd be like, yeah, I gave that away, so I need to go buy this. (laughs) Money is actually designed to help your marriage flourish. Not kill it. Yeah. Right? That, it's an important thing that you have a healthy relationship with money because if not, you'll start, this will start getting into your marriage. Anybody who has been married for six and a half minutes can say amen to that one. Yeah. But the devourer is rebuked 
over your life and your finances when you give. It's referring to things, when it, when it talks about the devour, devour, when it talks about pest, it's referring to things that get into your finances that keep you from overflowing. Right? And so I want you to think about this. Go home this afternoon. Look at your bank statement and go find them little pests that keep you from overflowing and deal with them. Last thing. I want to say this one more time. I want to say one more time. I want to say this as well with that. When you give and when you tithe, every dollar then becomes important to you. Because you know that all of this is actually God's. You know the Bible says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of the earth is the Lord's. That means your money is God's. I want to handle my money like I'm handling God's, not because it's a a hypothetical situation that I am or am not. No, I am handling God's money. And he will get to me however much he needs to get to me if he can just see that I hold it with an open hand. You need to understand this too. I think this was, I actually was talking about, I was talking to Missy about this same thing uh, one day. I just had this revelation on the way to work one day. I was frustrated, not having a good attitude on my way to work. And the Lord rebuked me. He says, this job is a resource. That's what he said to me. And I'm just driving a little bit further. He's like, I am the source. This job is a resource. So if you want more money, how about you work like you're working for me? He told me that this job is the way that I just get you money. And I have all of it to give. And if you want to raise, why don't you work like I'm your boss? That was a tough one. (laughs) But you need to know this. Your job is just a resource. It's just the resource that God has given you. And it's awesome that we can work. And it's awesome that we can have money. But it is just a resource for God to get you money. That's all it is. And so whatever he, gets, he gives me through that, I've always given back. Right? I want to focus on this last part. And Jansen, you can come on up and get on the keys. This is actually one of my favorite verses about giving in all of the Bible. It says this, Then all of the nations of the world, this is Malachi chapter 3, verse 12, all the nations of the world will call you blessed, and you'll be a land of delight. The characteristic of being blessed is not about how much you have. It's how much you give away. During that time, there was no, you couldn't just Google someone's net worth. So the only thing that they could look at is how much they gave away. And they would look at them And they would say, those people are blessed. And giving was the only 
measuring stick that they had to even judge off of. They didn't know they didn't know how much money they had in the bank. They didn't have big buildings. They didn't have nice things all the time. There were nicer things obviously. But God said that the nations of the world will call you blessed by how much you give away. Not how much you keep. Not not how much you spend on yourself. Because they understood this principle. If they're giving that much away, the biblical principle is to take care of yourself and take care of others. If they're giving that much away, they must be really taken care of. Because they're giving that much away. It wasn't, they, they weren't driving Lambos back then. Okay. They weren't driving Ferraris and Teslas, even though Teslas ain't that, even that expensive. <laughs> I said that because I need to justify getting one, okay? I'm sowing seed into my wife back there, okay? Not even that much. The nations of the world will call you blessed. Not, listen, not a church. You as an individual, nations of the world will look at you and say, they are blessed because they give. Not because they receive. Jesus says this, we'll get into all of this. I have all of this pretty much already mapped out. Jesus says this, it is better to give than to receive. It's better to give away than to receive. You ever received a gift before? It feels so much better just to give one away. I have a kid this year at Christmas. My list has gone down. Used to not be the case because I love Christmas, if you didn't notice. Next week, we'll have Christmas music for you. But I would rather, I would rather give than receive. Because I would, I would rather have the feeling of someone else being blessed than have the feeling of being ultimately selfish myself. Now I'm not saying that you should deny when someone gives you a gift. Then you rob them. You rob them of being a giver. Right? You dishonor them. I actually had somebody one time tell me this. You ever heard the phrase like pay it forward? Well only one person paid it forward. Only one person gave. All the rest of y'all were going to buy it anyway. I had a guy tell me one time, he was like, I was in a Starbucks line, and they were like, you are the 25th person that has come through the line, and their drink has been paid for. He was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Just drove off. And he said this. He says, I don't give out of compulsion. He was like, it was an honor for me to receive, and if I would have given, then I robbed the person who paid for this. It's better to give it away than it is to receive. You need to know how to receive something. Sometimes your pride won't let you receive something. 
And if you need help, you need to quit being prideful about it. You need to quit you need to quit letting your ego get in the way of you actually needing help. I believe one day that Hope Unlimited we are going to take in enough money where everyone who comes through our door, we can meet every need they have right then. Right then. On the spot. In debt, how much? We'll write you a check today after service. Need a car? We'll, we'll get you one. Come down. We'll go see Casey and Jam. We'll have you a car by lunch. That is why we give. That's why we give. We don't give away so that we get back. I say, I say this all the time. We don't give to get. We get to give. Giving is a privilege. It's an honor. You should, you can, you should consider every opportunity that you have to give something away. You should ask the Lord. Do you know why our Christmas offering is we don't just do like a couple Sundays of announcing it? Because I don't want you to give out of compulsion. I don't want you to give out of pressure. I want you to genuinely ask God what He would have you give. And I want you to give that. And I'll tell you what we do with our Christmas offering. I'll tell you what we do with our Christmas offering. We do three things with it. We've, we've always done this. We give, it, we give some away. We make sure that we're taken care of and we save some. Right? If something is broke here, that's what we use to fix it. Right? If if there we're gonna give some away, I can promise you that. I promise you that. I don't care if it's twenty dollars or twenty thousand dollars, we're giving some of it away. Stand to your feet this morning. Was this okay for the first was this okay for the opener? I don't want us to have a bad relationship with money. I want us to see money for exactly what it is. It's a tool for healing for broken people. You can see. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.